Hello. Good. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Well, as you heard, my name is Steve, and my wife Freddie, who normally sits here. Well, actually, we normally sit at the back, but we thought we'd come closer today, so I didn't have to walk all the way up. It felt like a long walk. It is while everyone's clapping and looking at you. So, um, yeah. So, look. Let's just pray before we get into the word, and then um, we'll go from there. Eh? Oh Lord, I just thank you for your presence this morning. Thank you for the. Just to the worship team, Lord, bringing our hearts into a place where we can just hear your word and just, just I don't, I don't know, Lord, just, I guess, just manifest your spirit in us this morning. Let us see and hear you and feel you, something different this morning than we've ever felt before. And I just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I was, I was, Jeremy asked me to preach a little while ago, oh, no, actually, well, two weeks or something ago, um, and I'm like... I haven't preached for a long time. I and my mother-in-law, hey, Ali, she's on the little phone there because the camera was taken. So we've got her on there. So good morning to you. Um, but yeah, so <clears throat> I've, I have preached before, believe it or not. Um, I might not look like I have, but yeah. So uh, Jeremy asked me and I was like, it's been a while. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but we'll just, I know God's come through before with me many times and I just trust him again this morning. Um, I'm not nervous now, if you're wondering. It just feels like every time I grab a microphone in front of a, in front of a crowd, doesn't matter if it's how many, 10 or how many we've got here, nearly 100, it feels like 100. Um, I just feel relaxed. And um, so I've got some little extra notes that my son wrote for me this morning, but I, I won't read from them. It's very difficult to read from that. So um, he's, he's nearly two, little fella. And he had two and a half lots of communion this morning, so obviously whatever you preach this morning really touched his heart. Um, <laughs> he really loves the juice, yeah, I know. Um, there's a guy in the Bible, I don't know if you've read this story, in Acts. Acts is one of my favourite books in the Bible, and I just want to start with this because this is important. Um, his name is Eutychus. Does everyone remember the name Eutychus? It actually means fortunate. And the reason he's, we, I'm bringing him up is because Paul was preaching one time, and he was preaching... A long time. And this guy was in the window sill. There must have been so packed that he was sitting in the window sill. And he fell out the window and fell three stories down and, and it killed him. And Paul hopped, was like, oh, we probably should do something about that. So Paul went down with the crowd and prayed over him and picked him up and brought him inside. And they all ate some food and he was fine. But I don't know if the Lord's grace is upon anyone here today if they do fall asleep during my preaching. But I wouldn't want to risk it. But um, I'm particularly looking at you, young fellow over here with a beard. <laughs> Just want you to stay awake, all right? <clears throat> yeah, well, that's between you and God. Let God's grace be over you, eh? <laughs> uh, let's start. Je- Jeremy was preaching all this week on, or last few weeks on John, right? And Je- he's, you finished last week on Lazarus, didn't you? Uh, when I was in Thailand last, I preached on last. It sounds like a bit a few times. I've been once. But the last time when I was in Thailand... I preached on Lazarus 11, and I really felt that the God was doing an awakening over there. But I, actually, I was really thought it was very significant that you finished there because I really, I really feel like God's doing an awakening us in this church, in this, in our nation. Like there's a lot of stuff going on, and I just want to draw attention away from COVID and sin and problems and life. I really want to draw attention away from that, and I want to get back to the basics, which is actually the fundamental. Thing that we have based as our Christian lives, which is just God, just Jesus. Like, if we focus on our sin, you'll find you'll sin more. If you focus on trying not to sin, you'll find you'll sin more. But if you focus on God, you'll find 
that you'll just, sin will just fall away. It just falls away. I, I can't explain it better than what John has explained in his scripture. He says that when I'm in you and you're in me, then sin cannot be abound because where sin is, there I am not. So he, he is where sin is not. If sin is in you, it doesn't mean Jesus is not in you. It just means his full manifestation hasn't taken place yet. So don't get disheartened when you find like you're struggling with a problem. This is your answer today is you just need to refocus or adjust your eyes to him. My first scripture I want to read to this morning is uh, John 15, 1 to 11. This was prophesied over me many years ago. And the guy, the bloke who, who prophesied it said, this is something I feel like this is you to a T. And I've honestly just lived my life to this. I just thought I touched something wrong there. Um, so let's just read. I haven't got the thingy activated because Jeremy does all that stuff and I don't. And this is really small print writing. I have to like do these ones. Anyway, so John 15. I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and you and purified by my message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. Did I read that right? Sorry. If you, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as my Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And like if we, we break, if we could break it down this morning, but it's, it's really self-explanatory, but he's saying that he is the grapevine, right? And he's saying that he is the vine dresser and we are the branches. And that he, he's going to prune us. If there's something in our life that's being fruitful, we all know that when you prune a fruitful tree, it will just branch out and make more fruit, right? So sometimes you feel like, well, I, just, I, I was really good at this thing, but it just felt like I'd stop being good at it. But then you all of a sudden you're good at a lot of other things. Like God's expanding you. He's, he's growing you out. He's making you more and more of, of who he designed you to be. So there's, there's a place in your life where you'll come to and you'll be like, I don't know where, I don't know what, I don't know how to get to where God's called me to be. And the, and the simple answer is right here is that if you remain in me, then I'll remain in you. It's as simple as that. And, well, how do we remain in God? Like, how, what establishes a good relationship? I Googled this yesterday, how to establish a good relationship, and it was saying, like, it was all about marriage stuff, and it was, like, about intimacy and all that stuff, and I just could not find an answer that I wanted, eh? So I just thought, okay, Lord, what does establish a relationship for me and you, like, for my relationship with you? My first one would be honesty. Like, every time, if, I'm, if I feel really, I guess, feel like I'm not getting close, I'm just brutally honest with him. And brutally honest, I mean, I just say, Lord, I'm just, just not feeling it. 
I just, every time I try and say something to you, it feels like you turned your back on me. Every time I try and get closer to you, it feels like you take a step back. Every time I feel like I want to get closer, it just feels like there's something in my way. Do everyone ever, ever feel like that? Like, you just every time you try something, it just feels like it just gets pushed away. It's like when you try and take a step closer, he just does those, these ones. And, all, and it just feels wrong. And it's not anything you're doing wrong, and it's not him stepping back. It's not him turning around. You can, God does never, ever, has never, ever turned his back on anyone. He's never turned his back on you, and he never will. Because God is faithful in all that he will do. And if it feels like God's turned his back on you, this is the time when you need to just get on your knees. And you go, Lord, I don't know what is happening, but I know that you are the true God, and you will never, ever turn your back on me or leave me. And if you start on that precedent, if you start on that step, then it becomes to the point where you just go, well, if he doesn't take a step back, but I feel like he is, then if I just have to rely on what he's written in here, this is why it's very important while we read this, it's very important why we read the word every day, is you find a scripture and you stand on it. Like this morning, I said to Frini, my wife, I said, oh, look, to be honest, I'm not feeling it, eh? Like, I just don't have... I feel like I'm underqualified. These are my words this morning. I feel like I'm underqualified and I feel like I'm not prepared. And I've been doing my best all week. Like I'm telling you, like I've been doing my daily devotion. I've been praying and, I, and I've been getting home from work and I've been like, you know, doing the stuff you do with family, wash the kid, feed him, put him to bed and all that stuff. That takes time, eh? Like that really does take time. And it comes to eight o'clock the other night and I was trying to, I was in his, I was soaking in his presence and I fell asleep, and I'm like, man, I've got to go to bed, it must be like nearly 10, it was 8 o'clock, so I went to bed at 8, um, so like, I've been trying to connect, but then the Lord said to me this morning, and even over the last few days, he's just been saying, we've always been connected, ever since you accepted Jesus, we've never been disconnected, the feeling of a connection is never the purpose of if it's actually connected or not, like when you plug a light in and the light doesn't turn on, there could be several things. It could be an electrical problem. There could be the light not screwed in properly. It could be a dull light. Just because it's not plugged in doesn't mean you're not connected. And I think that's what we need to just to pay attention to, I guess, in our walk with the Lord is that when you don't feel it, it doesn't mean that you're not connected. Like, I really want to... Um, my, my heart for everybody here, and it's always the same for everybody, even my son and, and, and Frini, is just... I want you to see God for who he really is and I want you to see who you are for who you really are. Because like one thing, what revelation that God gave me years ago is said, he said to me, he trusts me. Now I was dumbfounded because I didn't even trust myself. There were things in my life where I was just like, you put me in front of a crowd to preach some sermon and you said you trust me and yet here I am and I'm just winging it as I go and I'm trying my best, but the Lord is just, I trust you, that's why I placed you where you are. And I think we could all relate to that, like, just to trust the Lord, that he trusts you. I think base your, base your foundation on that he trusts you. So I think honesty is a really important thing in a relationship. My other one I wrote here was reverence. I always revert back to how great he is. One of my favourite scriptures is, I don't know if you've ever seen in 
I found this out years ago when I was, when I was studying for a preaching years ago, that in Psalm, Psalm, 100 and, Psalm 118 is, a, is a dead centre of the Bible, right? Psalm 117 has like two scriptures. It's the shortest chapter in the Bible. And Psalm 119 has a lot. It's the longest chapter of the Bible. And that's no coincidence. And so I went to the shortest one, because that was the most convenient for me at the time for reading it, and it said, be thankful in all things. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but it says, be thankful in all things and always just give God glory, right? And so I thought, well, in the least of what I should do in my life is always give thanks to him, is always be thankful for him, to him. And when you come to a place of you're just thankful, it just takes you out of the picture and just place him where he belongs in your life. Because I think sometimes we, the world, particularly the world, brings God into a place where they need to understand where he's at. Now, even Jesus said things to people that were like, we don't understand what you mean. What do you mean you're in the Father and the Father's in you? You know, like, they don't understand. But he never, he ever said, well, no, sorry, guys. Sorry, I realise you don't understand what I'm saying. What I mean is, like, like God and, and me, we're like one. Like, he didn't try to explain it off. He said, like, he basically, Jesus was one of those guys that said, well, if you don't understand, too bad, bro. You know, like, if you want to understand something, you will ask questions or you will come to a place in yourself where you'll go, well, I want to know more. One of my biggest things in life is I think I ask a lot of questions. I, I really do. I, um, sometimes when people are talking to me, I've already got another question for them and they're answering the first one. And sometimes I don't know whether they've answered the question. I've asked another one and I'm like, oh, in my head I'm going, I can't even remember what, I, <laughs> what he just said about the first question. And I can't ask it again, so that's pretty annoying. But... Um, when I'm reading the Bible, if I come across something I don't understand, I find myself asking a question like, why, why is that? Like, I think, you know that, is it in Ezekiel where they go, that is, God says to Ezekiel, like, can these dry bones live? My, I didn't read the rest of the scripture. All I thought was straight away, was like, well, if they come alive, you know, are these two different enemies that were here originally? Like, there's a dry bone of valleys and it's of, of bones, right? This is the way my mind thinks sometimes, is Dry bones in a valley. So a lot of people have died for some reason. I know it's an analogy, but this is where my mind goes when I read this stuff. And it says, if he says, if these bones shall live, and all these soldiers lived when he, when in this dream, it's obviously a dream, when, he come, when, he, when God commands it, all these bones were soldiers. Now my first thought was, who's going to feed this lot? Where are they going to get water? I mean, were they enemies? Was there a big fight? Are they going to fight again? Are they going to be mates? Like, I had all these questions... And if I just read on, I would have had any questions because it just said it was in a dream and all this other stuff. But there's a lot of questions. I remember years ago, I had a question in Exodus where he says, he says, go to the Pharaoh. Moses, go to the Pharaoh and said, set my people free. So Moses like, oh, I'll do that for you. You know, a bit of protest, but he did it. He said, you know, let my people go. And then, the, and then it says, the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. And I thought, well, whose side are you on, God? Like you're sending this bloke over here to get him out. And then all of a sudden you're telling him, you're putting a, like a hardening of his heart to say he wants to keep them. And I was like dumbfounded. And then I said it again and again and again, like 10 or so times. And I was just really, really annoyed because I could not understand why he was doing that. But because of my, I guess, my curiosity and my annoyance, I guess, in a sense, not a bad annoyance, like a good annoyance, like I really got to find out the answer to this, is that it came to the point where the reason why God hardened Pharaoh's heart was because he needed Israel to see him in his full power. 
because he knew what they had to face. He knew they had to go to the promised land and fight all these enemies. He knew that, and he didn't want them to go and him broke. So he gave them all the riches of Egypt, and he gave them all power over that. And there was a time later on in Exodus, you read, that when they go into the promised land, they say, oh, the Israelites, these are the guys that defeated, their God defeated um, the Egyptians. We were terrified. They were literally, other people were terrified because they'd heard the gossip that went around that the Israelites were powerful and they had a powerful God. And that's why God wants to do stuff. Sometimes you don't understand something. doesn't mean don't stop what you're doing. It does not mean don't stop what you're doing. It means keep pushing forward. Never, never give up. Like, as Christians, we're soldiers, right? We are part of an army. We are fighting a battle today, I'm telling you. Like, we are fighting a strong battle. What do, what do soldiers do? Do they give up? No soldier should give up. I mean, obviously, there's times when you have to in war and all that stuff. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. But I mean, against the enemy that's been defeated, why would you give in to that? He's been defeated, guys. He has been defeated. There is sin that there was in people's lives and Jesus come down and he took it away. And then he, here you are. And if you're battling with sin today, let me tell you, you don't have to look at that sin anymore. You could just turn your back on that sin and just go, I thank you, Lord. I know that's in my life. I know that I struggle with eating too much chocolate for the sake of it's just naming something. I don't know. Eating chocolate is probably not a sin. It's up to you what your sin is. It's between you and God, not me to tell you. But like, (laughs) you need to work out where you are with God and just let that stuff go. Stop hanging on. You know, I want you to, my heart for you is to have a deep relationship with him. It's all about your relationship and your fellowship with him. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and instructing one another another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Let's just pray for a minute. I just want to pray just because I feel a moment here. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that um, right now, Lord, I just, uh, just pray to open every heart of every believer here, Lord, that just to show them something in themselves that they've shameful of that you're that you're proud of lord that you love that you place there lord i just pray lord that just to open their arms lord to give them a big hug lord and let them know that they are loved and that any sin in your life is not a is not a call for shame but a call for surrender lord i just thank you for that in jesus name you know, the Lord has given us many things, hey, many, many things. One of the things he's given us, I wasn't really going to touch on this. I don't really want to go too deep into it. But we talk about spiritual gifts and um, there's stuff in the word, there's stuff written in there that's for us. Now, I want to make you hungry. My, my idea is to make you hungry for the word today, uh, to make you hungry for him. I want to let you walk away today just going, Feel like I want more, but it's not going to get. It's not going to come from me. It's going to come from him personally. There, you can you can go and talk to him like your best friend, like your husband or your wife. You can say, Lord, I'm struggling with my homework. I'm struggling with my job. A big thing that a lot of people face nowadays is anxiety, anxiety and depression and fear. It's a it's a real big one. Um, something I've I've faced a lot over the last 
particularly a few years, is, um, is anxiety. I remember a little bit about me. Probably should have started with this, but that's okay. A little bit about me is my wife and I, we're from a very small country town, like about a 1,000 people. Uh, so a little bit like, has everyone been to Texas? It's, it's, Texas is pretty big. So that's our size of our town. It's about the same size as Texas, actually. And our towns, I lived in a place called Berrigan in New South Wales, which is about half an hour from the Victorian border. And my wife lived in Colcan, which is about probably an hour and a half where I'm from where I used to live. And we found each other through uh, Bible school, which is a good, happy story, isn't it? Anyway, uh, <laughs> so no, like, so that's where we lived in these little small country towns. My mum's a pastor of a church down south um, and has been for nearly 10 years now. And I was the worship leader and occasional preacher and stuff like that. So, um, but when the Lord called us together about five years ago, um, we got married and we've, we stayed where we were, we were, I was working in a place called Albury, which is a bit like the size of Toowoomba, and we were, I was working as a, um, like a gardener guy, because that's my trade, originally, original first trade, it was a greenkeeper gardening kind of thing, and um, so we were working there, but I was very bored, very, very bored, and I was getting frustrated at God, because I was like, Lord, I just feel like my days are going, and I just can't seem to stop it or slow it down, and I didn't know what to do. And then we were praying a lot and we were just, and we were very hurt from where we used to be and in, in, um, where we used to be in life and stuff like that. Um, we were very, very lost, I guess, but we never let go of God himself. We were just not sure what was happening. And then, long story short, we actually found Stanthorpe. It was kind of like a spin the map, put your finger down. It was like that, a little bit like that. Um, we don't know how we found it, but we were like Stanthorpe, and it just shot out of the page, and we're like, that sounds like a cool place. So we Googled it, did as much research as we could, and we did the, you know, you go online on the maps, and you can look at the 3D thing. There were shops that were on the maps thing that aren't here. <laughs> so I don't know how old, old that thing was. Um, I think Silly Sam's, I think, might have been on there or something like that, and um, the bakery was still open at the plaza. I'm pointing the wrong way, sorry. I think I'm at my house. But anyway, so... Like, there was lots of things that, um, <laughs> that were there that, um, that we could see and we were, like, really keen to go. So we are like, okay, we'll just take a holiday and we'll go there. So we did. And when we came here, it was drought time. And it was, uh, it, it, I don't know, like, if I look back at my feelings at the situation, I wouldn't have moved here. But if I look at, I actually lent on my wife a lot because she said that the Lord said to her uh, that I have gone and prepared a place for you. And so I lent on that. Because I hadn't heard the Lord and I hadn't and I had to trust her. And I'm like, she was strong in that day. Like she's a powerful woman. And I just lent on her, on her word. And I said, Well, Lord, if you've spoken to her, let's let's do this together. So we planned to move. And then we and then this is like a couple of years before we moved here. We've been here three years now. And then um, yeah, so we bought, we looked at a place we were looking at and we looked at a few houses and then went back. And then um, then we come for another another trip for, I think this one was like a week or so long again, and we looked at a house and we, okay, that's the house we want, let's go and let's do all the paperwork. Anyway, long story short, we ended up moving here by faith, because I didn't have a job, I didn't have anything. We didn't have Winnie, obviously, it was before him, but we didn't have a job or anything. We had 20 cubic metres of furniture that was getting moved here, and that was it, and a house we thought was a house was available. So I drove here down the main street, went to Chris Real Estate, and I said, 
I'm here to pick up the keys for 17 Pierpoint Street. And they're like, oh, well, you better check to see if you like it first because we could money fell through so we couldn't actually purchase it. We had to rent it. Um, so we went there. We're like, we walked in and we're like, we need the keys to the place. And they said, um, oh, you might not like it. You better check it out first. And I said, well, I better like it because the, the truck's coming in three hours' time. I've got no choice. This is, this is all i got, mate. Like, he's like, oh, oh, okay, righto. So we paid the bond there and then and went back and checked the house out. And let me tell you, it was a pigsty. So we had a lot of cleaning to do. And it was so... And it rained. It's almost like... <laughs> yeah, it was raining that day, believe it or not. Yeah, it was one of those days that hadn't rained, but it did that day. And so we had no rain up until the day I arrived. You're welcome. <laughs> no, so... <laughs> So, yeah, we ended up moving all our stuff in through the rain and cleaning the house. And then um, I, I think for the whole time I felt I was pretty well... I was a little bit anxious, but I was a little bit more trusting God that he's got something here. I have no idea what it is. So I asked for a job down the road uh, about a week later. We'd been here a week, cleaning the house and stuff. So I was, And then I, they said, no, sorry, mate, I've already put too many guys on. I don't have enough. I'm like, okay. And then I asked the guy where I'm currently working for, and I said, hey, I've got no experience. I know nothing about the trade, but I want to do an apprenticeship. What do you reckon? And he said, yeah, right, I've got some work for you. Start next, not next week, week after. I'm going on holidays next week. So it suits me fine. So, and I've been there three years since. So th there's, a, there's something in everything that you look for. Like sometimes there was no, I'm telling you, there was no feelings attached to anything I did. It was all by faith. I did not feel anything. And it sounds like a great faith story, but for, at the time, I wondered, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm putting one foot in front of the other, and I have no idea what I'm doing. And um, I just, I thank God every day. Sometimes I drive into my house, and I just think, because we've purchased it st since then, we've bought it now, and we've been renovating and stuff. And I just thank God for such a wonderful church that we're part of, a wonderful family in this church. Like, there's a lot of people here that we know. There's a lot of people I don't know. But um, still, you know, I'm looking forward to getting to know you and stuff. And um, all I can say is God is so good. Sometimes if, in life, you, if you can't find anything good, you go back to the last thing that he did for you, the last thing he said to you. What was the last thing that you're thankful for? Oh, my sore toe healed. Stick with that. Go with that. And as soon as you start opening up your heart to being thankful, he'll show you other things. He'll show you. Remember that bill that was paid? I helped you with that. Remember that job you're looking for and you didn't get? And you go, well, actually, yeah, I'm so glad I didn't get that other job. I'm glad I got this one. Like, there's reasons for everything. There's God's got a reason and he's got a plan for your life. So don't give up. Don't give up. You know, like, I know you guys are far from home. You're probably missing home. I, I, I don't know how you're doing it. But hats off to you guys from being away from home for so long. Because I miss my son for like one day and I just can't wait to get home. And um, so I really commend you, all of you guys, ladies as well, like that have gone and working here from afar, away from your family and friends and everything you know. I know a little bit like that because I moved here with no family. There's no family up here. There were no friends at the time. Um, since then, my mother-in-law, camera there, and my brother-in-law and so Frinny's family, they've all decided they feel the call to come up here and move here. So they're all, I've got family moving up here now. So this is really, really good. And um, talking about praise reports, there's an uncle and auntie in my family that have been, we've been praying for for being saved for many years. And they watched something on TV a few weeks ago and then they gave the hearts to the Lord and now they want to be baptised. 
So, like, there's just a lot of stuff that God's doing in your life. It might take time, but he will do it. He will do what he's called to. And when it says there's a part in there, I don't know if you remember me saying, I said that there's a part in Scripture where it says, God goes, um, when you're in me and I'm you, you can ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you. And the reason why he says it after that is because when your heart's connected to him, all you want is what he wants. All you want is to desire what he wants. It's like, Lord, I just want to encourage someone. And all of a sudden, he gives you prophetic word. All of a sudden, you find yourself just crying when someone walks past because you're feeling the tension in their life and God wants you to pray for them. Like there's just stuff in your life that he wants every day to talk to us. And I'm not saying we're missing the mark. I'm just saying this is where we start right now that I know family's a long way away, but it doesn't mean we have to miss this day with God. I know that we're struggling with anxiety, but it doesn't mean we have to let it take its hold. You know, anxiety is one of those big things. I know, I don't know if anyone else suffers from it or is, has to deal with it on a daily basis. It's a horrible thing. I cannot understand why anxiety is so powerful in your life, but it can take such a hold and it's horrible. So I want to, I, originally this is what my first sermon was about a few, few days ago. I was actually going to preach on anxiety and worry and depression. But then the Lord said, I want you to talk about relationship with me first. And I could see why now, but, but I really want to talk. Does everyone want to get prayed for? Like I could pray for you while you stand or sit. What do you prefer? Stand, sit, whatever you want to do. You can sit or stand. That's up to you, whether you feel, whatever you feel best. But if we all bow our heads, I just want to pray a hedge of protection. That's the word I want. Thank you, Lord. I just want to pray a hedge of protection over your minds and your hearts this morning. I want to spark a fire in your souls for hunger for him. I want you to feel like you're not alone anymore. I don't know if anyone feels they're not alone. Sometimes I, I do feel that, but I just lean on him. But I want to spark a fire in your heart to this morning. So, Lord, I just thank you for everyone here, Lord, that you've brought everyone here for a purpose. You've brought everyone here for a reason, Lord. And Lord, there's so much confusion in society, Lord, that I just want to just wipe that away right now, Lord, just to remove it from everyone's minds and their hearts right now, Lord, and let it just be us, you and them, Lord, just you and them right in this moment. Lord, I just pray, Lord, just to touch everyone's heart right now, Lord, and I place a hedge of protection over their hearts, Lord, Anxiety, I cut you off in Jesus' name, that you have no power over anyone here, that you were defeated on the day of when Jesus gave his life for us, that I don't have to deal with this on a daily basis. And when it pops its head up, because it will, anxiety will pop its head up, and when it does, Lord, that I know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, that I can do all things through God who gives me strength, that nothing is more powerful than your word, Lord. Look, that the same power that saved Jesus, raised Jesus from the dead, lives in me, Lord. The same power that raised Jesus, oh my God, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. I have access to this every day. And when this anxiety, if it wants to pop up, it can try to pop up, but I'm just going to knock it back down. I'm going to knock it out of my life until it forever leaves. This thing that takes hold, they don't, the enemy never wants to let go of things so quickly. 
He never wants to let it go. He's going to try and put something on you. So you need to be just rested in him and you just rest on the scripture that the same, same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and lives in me. And that the enemy can try all sorts of tricks. He can try and tie me down. He can try and upset me. He can try and bring depression, anxiety on me. But I know that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me and I will not give him. And Lord, I just thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. And let's just all give him praise, eh, Lord? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. So I want to leave you one question. What is your gift? What has God given to you? He's given us all gifts. Corinthians tells us this. In 1 Corinthians 12, he says, I've given you a gift. The Lord has given us all each a gift. What is it? Is it wisdom? Is it healing? Is it miracles? Is it prophecy? And I think that's something that's between you and God to find. So I want you, as you're doing your time with the Lord this week, and you're thanking him for everything he's done for you, you just go, Lord, what is my gift? What do you want? What, what have you given me? And he'll just speak to you. And just, just pray, just hang in there. You'll be okay. You'll make it. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome.